Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Thatcher and Darren Docterman, the Weirded Beardos. Lucky number seven. My goodness. Wearing my lucky Welcome. hat. Well, that's. Uh, I'd hate to see what your unlucky hat looks like. I, I, I think I'm going to wear a different hat every episode now. I thought about doing my own podcast, but talking to myself <laughs> gets incredibly dull fast. Well, it's basically talking to yourself. I mean, I, I've been going through uh, editing these things, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the quiet one. <laughs> no, Fine, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk. No, no, no. <laughs> Please, keep it up. Well, it's like Abbott Costello. You're the quiet, thoughtful one. I'm the loudmouth idiot. It works. I'm not asking. I've, I've uh, you know, I'm asking I'm what the you. guys, what the guy's name on second. I'm telling you, Darren. <laughs> I don't give a darn. Um, I just saw, and a guy talking on camera. I don't know some video, but he was <laughs> saying he is happy to be an idiot. Be the idiot in the room, and a kind of like idiot a, um, court jester, in mm-hmm. that it 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 takes the air out of stuffy people. And I've I, I realized, oh, that's kind of the role I've always played. Is like I'm happy to be the goofball, and it, and it comes yeah. from it, it comes from social anxiety mainly. Sure. In that if you're the idiot, everyone relaxes because like okay, I'm not going to appear foolish with him in the room. Right. Also, it makes everyone relax and kind of have fun, which, I mean, if I'm going to be in a group of people, whether they're strangers or friends, um, and there's always that, well, not always, but there's often the person who's like, oh, you know, you're, <laughs> a buffoon. You know you're, you're such a buffoon. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I thought we weren't going to talk about dating. <laughs> That's right. This show all about dating. <laughs> So you uh, folks go have go make breakfast and come back for yeah. come back for the last ten minutes. You probably don't want to watch the video version of this episode. No, I'm just, yeah, you do. I'm just. I'm going to show uh, <laughs> instructional pictures. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Let's okay. Well, let's talk about dating before and after working in the business, or before and during you know, working in the business. So you went. You grew up. Did you start dating in high school? No. I mean, I had uh, I had friends who were girls, uh, but uh, never any any serious dating. Uh, there's a there's a question. I've always had friends who were girls, and you know, and then girlfriends. I notice a lot of guys and women too. It seems like in our culture that kind of the broy, more classic alpha male hangs out with guys, and only and and I've even heard of uh, been told by couples or, or women that they don't like their boyfriend, husband, whatever, their male partner, to have female friends because they feel threatened. And I always thought, well, that's insecurity. And I, I've always thought, again, growing up with feminism being, like, rampant and, and you know, equal rights, and I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, why would it be any different? Right. But still knowing women socially that say, like, oh, no, I, I you know, if you start dating me, you can't have any close female friends. Like my, my best friends are, are all mostly female. I mean, the people I talk to every day, every couple of days, I, I, I would say maybe it's an equal balance actually. Well, it's, are because you a best friend? it's because they're projecting how it would be if they had male friends. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a, maybe that's a red flag. It's like, well, you can't have female friends because obviously you're sleeping with them or you want to. And I'm like, right. no, I, I, which, which like, isn't the case with guys usually, but it is the case with, 
with women, with male friends, because all the male friends want to get with them. Absolutely. You, you're talking about the Harry and, the Harry and Met Sally. Um, uh, kind of. No, I, no, not necessarily. No, I'm talking about the. it's actually more reasonable for a man to not want his girlfriend to have male friends than really? it is, yeah, for a uh, woman to uh, be upset about her uh her significant other having female friends. Now, why why is that? Because uh, nine times out of ten, all of the male friends that she has are wanting to get together with her. Oh, well, again, the, the Harry Met Sally argument that men right. don't have aren't friends with women unless they actually are sexually attracted to them. Right. Okay. Right. Which I I subscribe to. I mean, I, you know, There's I, I don't, get, I don't get every issue, but I subscribe. <laughs> <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the comedy stylings of Darren, Captain Doctorman. No, I'm Captain Darren Bones, Doctor. Never mind. Um, There's no right here. I actually, and I don't know if it's just my personality or again growing up with with uh, you know equal rights for women, just being like that is the way it should be, obviously, and and for people of color and everything. Um, I just had, I like women. In fact, if you're an artist, women are, tend to be more understanding of your weirdness or your artistic nature uh, of every age, whether they're you know, equals or parents or aunts or uncles, like guys. But again, the guys I ended up hanging out with and being like are, artist, are artistic too. I was never, right. I was friends with the guys who were football players and all that because I was a, I was a pretty, I was a really good swimmer and, and really good runner, but those were all, uh, individual sports. It was not not that I wasn't a team player. I played Nine football. For individual achievement. Exactly. Well, you weren't. I mean, you know, there was a relay team, but that was kind of like, can you hand off the baton? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I always sort of hung out with the. I wouldn't say intellectual, but the people are more about mind uh, than body mm -hmm. stuff. You know, I never right. was a gym rat or anything. Uh, shocking, I know. What? When you look at all this, you're like, oh, "What? You don't go to the gym every day?" Um, so like, so like Don Knotts there. Well, you don't go to the gym every day, well, Andy. Hello, uh, huh. <laughs> yeah. Andy. When you, I'm usually at the gym every day. Every day on the big house, you gotta work out. You gotta be the baddest motherfucker on the block. Um, <laughs> Don Knotts is Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay, so you didn't I'm start. Put you had friends in a plastic bag and save it for later. Put <laughs> <laughs> on the freezer. Um, so you had friends, as did I. I think I started dating senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, dating was like I would go and have dinner, and maybe we'd kiss. It was very non. Uh, you know, I was terrified of sex. I was kind of terrified of women. In that way, if I had a if I had girlfriends or friends who were women, I could yeah. talk to them and be me around. If I thought they were attractive, I suddenly was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, sure. it, I mean, that's just normal. I, I guess, yeah. Well, it wasn't because my again, I, I'm always the the wingman or the the comedy relief in my in my male and female relationship. Yeah, you're happy to play the fool. Uh, exactly. Well, and I was the wing guy even before you know. I went in high school when. Uh, my friends who were the good-looking jocks would have the girls. I would make them laugh, and my friends would go, you know, fool yeah, around. Yeah, you'd them. set them up, and they'd uh, hit them out of the park. They'd finish the pitch. They'd, they'd cinch the deal. 
Um, and I was okay with it, but I started getting fried. Like, what is it? I try. I remember there was some party like ninth or tenth grade where there was a girl I had a huge crush on, and I decided I'm not going to be the goofball because that's not working. I'm going to be the strong, silent type. So I was just kind of doing this, and I went outside to be moody, and you know, like I'm going to go be moody, and, and I was a little depressed because she was talking to my good-looking, you know, buddies who I, sure. I never re resented them for having the attention. No, it's not their fault. Yeah, exactly. I was smart enough to know that, not not ruled by. I wasn't ruled by my emotions, like you, like you humans. I used logic. Um, so I sat outside and was kind of brooding and trying to be interesting <laughs> and was basically ignored till finally yeah. uh, one of the chaperones came out. One of the parents was like, are you, Kirk, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And she's like, well, you don't seem okay. I mean, you're just out here by yourself. And usually, you know, you're the life of the party. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I'm, you know, you realize this is the, this is the beginning of a porn video that you're describing. <laughs> no, I would have to be her stepson. Oh, stepson! Why are you out here? Oh, hey, beautiful, large-breasted mom. I—I uh, I mean, my <laughs> friend told me I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't know about these things. I've, I've no. heard of uh, what is it? Porn hut? Is it? Uh, we're not going to go that deep. That—that uh, yeah, no that sounded that was the double entendre. Um, uh -huh. And I'm master of the single entendre. Wow, you sure have big boobs. <laughs> single entendre. Um. I like my entendres like I like my, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say bra size, double, yeah. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, she was just very concerned. And then I remember one of the girls came out, not one of the, one of my girl, one of my friends who was female. Your and it was like, you know, same thing. Like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just, and I kind of told her, well, you know, uh, whoever the girl was isn't really paying attention to me. He goes, are you kidding? She loves you. I'm like, Yeah. As a friend. And that was my big thing. I, by yeah. the time I started going to college, I'm like, if I have another girl who wants, who I has as a friend, I would kind of, I resented not them, but I resented that sort of uh, approach. But and right. also at this point, by about 18, my skin had cleared up. I'd lost my chub. And I was like 180 and six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a swimmer. So I, I, I still have really big shoulders from swimming. You um, had yeah. a, a lithe swimmer's body. <laughs> that was I was as tall as Phelps, but I did have webbed fingers. Um, no. Uh, and then I started, uh, it was in college, I started dating. And then uh, when I moved to Lucasfilm a year later, or actually six months later, and I was on my own, I had my own place, which definitely helps. Well. Uh, Although I did have my own place in college, I had roommates, but again, three roommates, and, and it wasn't, there was no particular ever chance you could be alone. Right. Uh, then, then I actually started getting, having girlfriends and, and doing the dirty deed. What? We don't need to know about that. Yeah, I have this a picture. Is, uh, no, you um, don't. 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 God. I we don't want to. Thank no. you, though, for trying to share. Yeah, and it but keeps no. people, come, like, they're going to come back next week to see if I share. Oh, yeah. Um, no, but my, uh, my first, my first physical encounter, let's keep it on the up and up was oh, with God. a woman, uh, 10, 12 years older than me. Right. Which was great. I mean, I, I you know, sure. that was amazing. Uh, and then, and after that we, we, we dated, I guess you call it for about three or four months. And then I started dating people around my own age and, and got into the dating thing, but I still. So where did you meet Anne Bancroft? 
Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. She came to visit the Saturn Jedi. Um, no. Uh, anyway, so that that was my dating thing. And I dated I... Jabba's right arm. <laughs> Did I date any? I don't think I've ever dated anyone. That's not true. I did work. date people at work. I was saying that I worked with, but no, a couple times I've dated uh, people that I, I I knew through work. I mean, I wouldn't do it now. Especially I mean, you know what? That's the thing. What other choice did we have? Well, and that's we one of the things I want to talk about. It's difficult. I think I mentioned this at least on the maybe on our podcast, maybe another one. Most of the guys at ILM dated and, and even some married waitresses. Because yeah. they're the only women. Because they were meet. working 15, 16 hour days. Right, exactly. The only time you got out of work or what you weren't yeah. home was when you would go eat. Because right. ILM did not have a cafeteria, thank God. Um, or we'd all be incels. Um, so, yeah, so it's so funny. Um, good friends of mine married, yeah, married waitresses or hostesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, uh, again, didn't have game. I think my biggest thing was I had no self, uh, I did not believe. I had no game, as, as they say. Yeah. I didn't know how to talk to women I was attracted. I could talk to women who were friends all day long and be goofy right. and all that. But when I found them attractive, suddenly, ebbity, 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 yeah. Yeah. But you were the same, you said? Uh, mostly. Um, but I, I'm, you know, normally, uh, socially, I'm quiet in general. Unless yeah. I really get to know someone. Me too. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Super introvert. I, I actually I know that isn't true. What's funny, I was an introvert growing up. I was an introvert. I still think, consider myself an introverted extrovert. Right. Or an extroverted introvert. Extroverted introvert, yeah. Extroverted You're naturally introvert. an introvert that has to play at being extroverted. Yeah, and you know, there's the whole thing about the mask we put on in public. And, and even this, I mean, but this is me. I'm not pretending to be television yeah. But I do, as you do, we live alone 90% of my time, even now that I'm when I'm working, the people I work with are on a little screen. Right. So uh, I, my work life or my work, or my personal social life balance is, is way stacked in favor of alone, which right. I like, which gives me all the energy to be up and about and, and, and interesting, <laughs> or at least a, well, you know present right. when I am out with, with friends. Uh, but I, I, that was a big thing is it's hard. It was hard. You can't really do it now, you know, with all the, I don't even know it's me too, but if you even ask a girl out of work, like, are you, are you, yeah. is that an HR violation? It's, I mean, it's too it, complicated uh, now. Incredibly, especially at corporate places. I mean, movie sets are different. They are still regulated by, you know, rules and all that. And sexual, yeah. sexual harassment came about probably, no, it's existed forever. But I mean, as a meeting you had to go to in the late nineties right. and at Henson, <laughs> at the Henson company, the joke was, just don't do whatever Kirk does. <laughs> what? That was the joke. It's like, well, sexual harassment. Just don't do or say what Kirk does. And and because I have friends who are like, how do you get away with it? I said, it's it's a matter of tone. You know, if you've ever been in a relationship and you say, you know, how are you? And they go like, how dare you? You know, you're like, well, I asked how you are. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. And well, I think. A big, a big poster with your face and a big uh, red slash through it. <laughs> I mean, that was just in general. That's usually a uh -huh. No, but uh, people would, uh, male friends of mine, I remember one specific moment, a friend of mine who worked at Pixar, we were at Comic-Con, and we were at the at the restaurant bar at the hotel we were at, and I was just flirting with the waitress in a fun way, and he's like, 
And this guy's married and had kids and one of the nicest people in the world. Just very, you know, choir boy kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, super lovely guy. Gee whiz. And yeah. I mean, but not in a not in a, a na naive way, just kind of a real right. sweet person. And I remember so it's just he and I and she left and he's like, how how are you not in jail? How do you get away with you say stuff that anyone else would say it? And again, I said that's Ralph Winter nicknamed me the edge of etiquette, not for right more uh, in your sexual stuff, but just general. And I said, I, I do not know. When I say it, I guess they know that I'm joking. Partly is because I either look like the dude or Santa Claus. So well, the, the blessing and the curse is that you're not threatening. Mm -hmm. That's a double-edged sword. Which is exactly why girls wanted to be friends and weren't really yeah. interested, especially in your teens and 20s when women are still, I mean, we're all kind of and are still in our Neanderthal brains are like, ah, oh, strong, silent type, me right, likey, right. you know, for whatever, I guess for breeding purposes, they want strong, you know, alpha males, or I was like, <laughs> I was more LeFou than Gaston, if you know, if you get the reference. <laughs> Although the way they've, uh -huh. they've retconned him, I, I like girls, but, uh, you know, I was LeFou, and my friends were the big, good-looking guys, and I was the big, right. not-so-good-looking guy. Or, you know, I didn't consider myself attractive. And I remember when yeah. women... The one time in my life, a girl out loud called me Foxy or a fox. Uh -huh. I, I, I literally, it's one of the clips that's going to go through my head. That's one of the memes that's going to go through my head when I die. Right. I was in a parking lot of a Zodies or something in the 70s. And this is where I'd, it was in the late high school. I'd slimmed out and I had probably a decent haircut and my skin had cleared up. And some girl was like, hey, Foxy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> literally like, exactly. Exactly. And she's like, yeah, you're hot. And then she's walking away and I was going to my, whatever. My mom was waiting. Oh, that that right. changes everything. I mean. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I, again, it's not a common occurrence. I mean, it happens more now on the internet where, you know, I'll be talking with someone or on a dating site and they'll say, you know, you're very attractive or, or uh, which is lovely. Um, but I still like, come on. Yeah. No, it's uh, some people are just not used to hearing any compliments of any kind. And right. it's a very, uh, very, uh, well, touching on mental health, but as yeah. an artist, do you ever believe when people go, well, that's really good. Or you go, thank you. Almost never. Right. Almost Cause you're like, never. Hey, I know it could have been better. Or a, yeah. I know the people who do this that I look up to and they would yeah. have slayed this where I'm like grasping it, like trying to create something even close to it. But I think yeah. that's also why we're as successful as we are, or at least stay in the business is because, you you always are trying to be better you're your own Not, worst critic yeah yeah and, but and, and that same thing happens with you know physical appearance uh i mean there are days when i look in the mirror and i brush my hair and comb my face and i'm like okay for me i'm looking good i'm never like damn i, I mean you know i i remember a girl i dated once said oh you're a narcissist i'm like i'm really complete whatever I'm not anti-narcissist Yes, if that's a thing. I, was, I, I kind of think I'm a big dope. I, mean, I, not, I don't walk around like, oh, I'm a big dope, but that's kind of my... I know, you just act out. that way. Yeah. Um, what? But again, it's kind of freeing back to the, the workspace. If yeah. you are the idiot in the room, or at least the court jester, which is probably a nicer way of saying it, then everyone relaxes. And you can also ask the questions that other people are afraid to ask. And that's, that's what this guy's point was. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you have some expert talking about something and you're like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm an idiot. What are you saying? Like, how does this relate? Cause, uh, 
I've been in meetings where some expert is, you know, espousing something and everyone just kind of doesn't want to look like they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And right. I'm happy so to go. So they're nodding. Yeah, nodding. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, I'm dumb, you know, to explain you know, what's the new version of that is like, explain it like you're telling a five-year-old or a fifth right. grader. Explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. But again, if you don't to have... As if he were a child. Child. Gandalf. Uh, <laughs> Frodo. Uh, I don't know why that happened. Um, Frodo Baggins. Frodo Baggins. Uh, but if if you are that person, and this, I think, applies to not just in our business, but anything. What's funny is when it tweaks the person you're asking, because they suddenly are aware they might uh, be seen as the emperor has no clothes. Like right. if they can't explain it simply, then they're going to look and they're like, well, and then, and, and it's so far too complicated for me to explain it. To yeah. You. Well, exactly. The Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm sorry. Not, actually, he's pretty good about trying to explain it simply. Um, but I've had development executives going back to that, the, the people that would frustrate me and they go, well, this, you know, the second act isn't, isn't working. And I'm like, well, why? And they go, well, you know, it's just, it's just not, you know, it's just a, it's it's just what, not, I think it, it could be better. I'm like, well, I, you know, I agree. Everything could be better, but what is it that's not working for you? Well, I, I mean, it's just that, you know, the, the story is the, the, the whole thing, the whole thing doesn't work. And then, and then this happened, this, this isn't a thing that I will always remember. Well, you're, you're just getting defensive. I'm like, I am not, I'm just trying to solve the problem. If you tell me that you don't like the house I've designed and it's really the living room, dining room that you don't like. And I say, what is it you don't like? And this is exactly what I said in the meeting. And you right. say, I just don't like it. Then it's not me being defensive to say, well, what specifically do you not like? So I can yes. fix it. And, and this person uh, just got, well, well, you know, I, I think you're, you just need, you just, and I found out later, years later from her assistant, who's a friend of mine, that they hadn't read it. <laughs> they were, hmm. they were literally just going by the adage, the second act could always get better. And oh. so I caught them out in a bald face lie. And this was their job. They were the development executive at this company. They were, they were doing the book report gag. Yeah, essentially, there's like, well, you know, it's just the characters and the the, the, the things they say <laughs> and the, the things that happen weren't really working for me. Oh, okay, well, and that's it's funny because that same executive told me later, and we're still friends, but they said, um, you know, you should uh, you should take a page from Gans and Mandel, who were huge writers in the '80s and '90s. Uh, Babalu, yeah, uh, yeah, Babalu Gans and uh, Lowell Lowe Mandel. Mandel. Lowell Gantz and Bob Lowell Gantz, Bob Lou Mandel, yeah. Because yeah. um, they just take, when we give notes, they just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they write it down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess that makes your job super easy. You don't have to explain yeah. anything. Just like, I didn't like the second act. Second act needs work. You know, CBB, that was my favorite. Same executive would give notes, CBB. And we're like, first yeah, time I got it. Could be better. Be better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but again, I, I understand it's not their job to fix it. It's their job to go, oh, this is, you know, could be better. Yeah. And no help at all. Yeah. So this is why you get paid twice my salary a year. Yeah, that's right. To, to tell me that it could be better. I want to yeah. switch jobs. Because they're better at bullshitting than you are. Well, yeah. I don't know. That's what's weird, especially in smaller companies. Development executives get, you know, good six-figure, you know, low, low thirds of six-figure salaries, mm-hmm. you know, between like 150 and 300. And if nothing gets made for three years, they don't, they don't get fired. Yeah. And all they do is read and give their opinion. I'm like, that's the best job in the world. 
we we talked about this a little bit uh, last week. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's uh, it's it's their job to just keep their job, and yeah. by by picking something and standing by something, they risk being removed. Well, yeah, that's it's always you'll never get fired for saying no. Yeah. Anyway, back to dating. <laughs> <laughs> back to saying no. Back to saying no. Have you ever? And this is a telling question. It says yeah. more about me than you. Have you ever actually, before you dated them for any good, turned down someone who you who told them, told you they were interested, and you're just like, oh no, I can't, I can't, yes. go there. That's a rare occasion for me. Well, it's rare for me too. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, it was the shallowness of uh, me just not being attracted to them. Right. Well, no. but that's, I mean, that's kind of job one is you have to think, you have to want to see them naked, it, you know. Uh, yeah, putting it delicately. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, <laughs> well, that's the difference between a, a female friend and a girlfriend. Like I have female friends who are beautiful and lovely. I just don't have, I don't find them sexually attractive. I can right. say, I mean, again, friends of mine's wives are beautiful, but, and maybe it's because they're their wives. Right. But it's a body type, really, really uh, thin, thin women who are kind of model gamine. It's just I've never, and again, if personally, I was, personality obviously has a lot to do with it. I've dated women you, who are you've thin. never been uh, interested in that type. Not initially, like if I saw them well, at a party send, and they were send them on over. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's funny is I have dated women who are on the thinner side of things. Now every girl I've ever dated is gonna be like, "What? Yeah, wait a minute. Thinks I'm chunky." Um, no, it's just. It was a type, but I've no, I've dated thin women. You would even call you what is it, ectomorphs? Um, uh, yeah. But there's a personality and everything else. But of course, if, if you a, did a lineup and here's five women and two are thin and two are curvy and one's you know chunky, uh, you know zoftic, uh, thick mm-hmm. with two C's, I would probably you know again everything else being equal, even if they had the same face, yeah. like literally you put that face on. Uh, I would be like, yeah, like curvier women, partly because yeah, I'm big. There's a there's a range. There's a range that you have interest there's a spectrum. In. <laughs> You're on the spectrum. But I mean, yes. But personality, I mean, the biggest thing for me in personality is they have to laugh at my jokes. <laughs> well, see. <laughs> or else it's going to be bad. You have to be, you have to be realistic. No. <laughs> well, they have to not get angry and slap me you, at my Your expectations are far too high. Which is why I'm single. I have Wilbur though. Here, let's let's I don't, I don't. Oh my. Hi, God. Wilbur. Aw. What a what a sad little face there. Piety today. But he's, he has a lovely hat. He does. He's he's Captain Wilbur. That's yeah, not really sitting oh. right. There we go. Jaunty, more jaunty. He is a musk ox. If you were. Well, to... I don't really, I don't really ask. You know. <laughs> I've been. I think he's my spirit animal. They're big. They're hairy. They're slightly stinky. They haven't changed much in millions of years. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> stinky. And well, they occasionally uh, direct Muppet projects. He doesn't smell bad. Um, he's he's uh, dead. Well, he's wow. Dead. Way to out him on, on camera. <laughs> Wilbur, the dead muskox. Um, <laughs> so cute, though. That was a kid's animated show. Wilbur the Dead Musk. Wilbur, the, that sounds like one of the Disney, uh, uh, a discarded Disney uh, true life animal uh, adventure. Right. 
Wilbur the Wrong Way Muskox. This <laughs> is Wilbur. He's a dead what? muskox. Who is the guy? Uh, my buddy Mark Dodson, who did Gremlins with me and did the voice of Salacious Crumb. And Dodson. Dodson's here. <laughs> he He's at cons often. Um, He does the voice Rex Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rusty the Wrong Way Squirrel, or whatever they were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He just nails He's got that kind of smoky voice. I'm like, well. Yeah. So we got to do Wilbur the, uh, I don't know, what's an alliteration? Wilbur the Wrong, it starts with a W. Wilbur the whimsical muskox, or would you go with the M? Wilbur the main the the the, the mangy uh, muskox, mischievous. There you go. Now Wilbur was the mischievous muskox. Must wow. Uh huh. More bourbon, please. Uh, That's great. The, Can you try it one more time? Only this time, emphasize Wilbur. Go ahead. Oh, rewarding. Wilbur, know. the mischievous. Wilbur the dead muskox. Mus- why are we talking about a dead muskox in the Musk- it's already, it's already is, snowing? Muskox I mean, is difficult to say quickly. Muskox. Isn't the fun of it? Uh, we see a snowy field and know there's a dead muskox underneath it. <laughs> it in winter, maggots live there. Um, in, anyway, in he, the can't, he can't. You know, he's a big draw for dates. You want to. Want to want to come up and see my muskox? <laughs> you have to pronounce it carefully, though. That's funny. I never heard it called that, but uh, sure. Wow, they said sure that easily. I wouldn't be talking to you. Yeah. Um. So well, dating they, in the bed. If they said sure that easily, I wouldn't want to be with them either. That's oh, that. now that's yeah, a, that's right. Double standard. Well, that was that was the thing I was saying. Is like any girl that wanted to date me, I was game at least to try. Um. Because yeah. I just have low self-esteem. I'm like, oh wow, you're interested in me? Sure, let's 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 go yeah, out. Me too. But um, I, I I thought of it the the opposite way. That if if she was interested in me, I wouldn't trust her opinion. Well, yeah, that you would never join a club that have you as a member. Yeah. Um, I was just, I guess, in, in <laughs> excited that somebody looked at me that way as opposed to a friend. So well, of course, I I was immediately like, all right, let's give it a whirl. Sure. Um, I remember I dated a gal and, and we got along, but it just wasn't, you know, like a love connection. And yeah. I remember she, we stayed friends and I remember she called me a couple of months later and she was crying. He said, you know, why didn't it work out? I said, oh, you know, you're a lovely person. There's nothing wrong with you. I just didn't. And, and she goes, yeah, but we, we went out we dated, you know, we fooled around. And I said, yeah, but that's dating. Like you kind of, you're, you're, it's a test drive to see if it, you know, you yeah. want to. And uh, and she ended up getting married and has kids and very happy. Right. Um, but I always kind of thought, well, that is dating. It's not like, well, you're the person to spend the rest of my life with. It's right. a potential, but it isn't. I, and the other thing is, for me, I, I remember dating gals who within three to six months are like, well, you're it. You're the guy I'm going to have babies with. Right. And, right. and I was like, well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, what? Uh, and that's me. I'm not saying it's wrong. My, uh, you know, I have friends. Phil Tippett. <laughs> kind of married his wife almost on a dare uh jewels mm-hmm. they 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 split up recently but they were together for like 40 years and mm-hmm. she was british he met her at a party she said i have to leave in the next week and so he said well let's get married you can stay here and they were married from whatever that was 1970 something to mm-hmm. like three years ago so you know you never know it, it's it's interesting because you know obviously we're we're talking about two different kind of things. One is uh, the 
the girl that you uh, want to be intimate with and the girl that you want to marry, right? Ah, and, yes. They're, they're two different things. Well, that's where the Europeans and, kind of have the yeah the wife and then the gumar if you're Italian. Well, that's <laughs> yeah to to our uh, to our sweethearts and our wives may they never meet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, um, but that, is that that just seems to be that's not cultural. That's just male. I mean, the acceptance or disapproval of it is cultural, but it seems to be inherent in in at least male yeah. generally and broad strokes. Men's nature is to. Here's the one that, you know, the Madonna and the whore kind of thing. It's like, here's the one I love and revere and want to, and respect, and here's the one I want to bang every week. And, and well, it's you – know. The interesting thing is that in the – Bang, I mean lovingly. In, with, right. With, in, right. In, in relation between men and women at least, uh, women control the access to sex yeah. and men control the access to relationships. You know? Uh, tell me more. Well, men decide whether or not she is worthy to be a your partner, right? I, I don't think so so much anymore. No, absolutely so much anymore. That's why uh, a lot of women are frustrated because they're dating the guys that don't want to have a relationship. Oh, and they well, keep that's going whole... to them over and over again, and they wonder why. It's because they're two different things. You know, it's. And that's been, a, I, I, again, my YouTube rabbit hole experience. Uh, that's a whole thing I've been listening to. Women, and particularly the last 10 years, mm -hmm. are finding that men young, are younger than us. They're not. Right. I mean, we're, we're outliers probably for our generation. But guys between 20 and 35, I would say, just don't want to, don't even want to date. It's not even like, right. I don't want to get married. I don't want to date. I want to play video games and watch porn. And I get. You know, if I'm going to hang, I'll, I'll, you know, yell at my buddies over the, the, the live video game connection or maybe go have a beer with them. But it's just kind of lost any interest in dating. And I, which to me also means they've lost any interest in, in being a family man. Like, why would I? And I think part of it in the last 10, 15 years is our economy. Like, you can't. Absolutely. People have to have roommates just to live somewhere, let alone get married and have kids and have someone and stay home. Yeah. With the laws the way they are now, the risk for the man in yes. connecting with a woman who can leave at any time and, right. and take half of everything, yep. that is yep. a huge risk. And that, that, is, is, the, that is the main thing stopping men from committing. Because, right. yeah. I mean, because that's even if you think you know your partner extremely well, they still have the ability to ruin your life. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting in Iceland where I, I worked on a show called lazy town for three months and got to know mm -hmm. a lot of the crew, obviously we became friends. Uh, the difference, oh, I'm getting a weird. Oh, sorry. You can cut this. Now part. we're getting a weird, I was getting a weird message on my laptop. Um, I don't, I don't doubt it. The difference <laughs> They are coming. Ari, do you have your bug out bag ready? Uh, <laughs> the women, the women, so in Iceland, the women will have, particularly for a number of reasons, but because the government supports children, whether you're married or not, mm. women tend to have, have baby daddies that are not Icelanders. First of all, it's better for the Icelandic genetic population. 
for obvious reasons because there's only 300,000, 330,000 right. people there. Mix but also the because the government's cradle to grave, whether you're single, married. And, but if you have a kid, the government will pay for its food and clothing and keep you. So what's funny is it's the reverse has happened. The women are happy to, you know, kind of pair up with somebody and they don't care if you stick around. In fact, it's easier for them if you don't because they can be a mom and, and fulfill that part of their uh, you know, genetic uh, manifest destiny or whatever, but they don't have to deal with the guy. And if there's a guy who's a friend there, then they can, you know, raise the kid together or not. And the guy can come back if he's a, if he's a guy who's even interested. But what was surprising to me was that the women that I knew, and again, they were in the film, you know, television business. Right. So maybe they were more liberal, but there's no judgment there. In other words, if you're a single mom and your husband is Italian or American or Canadian or English, and everyone's like, oh, great, does he does he come for the holidays? And that was very typical. So there is no – so I, I didn't ask the the two or three guys I knew who, who I was close with. They all had kids and wives that were there, and they were Icelandic. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say half the women I knew had children, and their husbands were uh, you know from America, Canada, or England, where they seemed to be the big three. Hmm. Uh, I think one was from Denmark. Uh, well, but, yeah, me, and they were like not – That's broken. But they were not bitter about it. They were fine with it. I don't care. Let's let's find out how the kids are in twenty years. So you're saying that without a father figure there, the kids will be. I'm asking. I'm not saying. I I'm think, not putting words in your mouth. But what are you no, saying? No, no. I I believe that without the presence of both a mother and a father, and the different ways that they deal with children, uh, that it is harmful not to have one or the other. I can't speak to that being a not being a single parent and having I know well dating. I assume I don't know if you do internet dating. I would say eighty five percent of the women that show up, uh, you know, in the, you know, I want a woman between this and this, and the, are single mothers. Of course, um, and of so course, because they and, because they chose they chose the wrong men to have children or, with, or the guys were jerks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't always say the women were at fault, but uh, well, look, the women do the choosing. Well, but they might – if the guy's a bastard or a, a deadbeat, like, the, then, yes, they then believe. You would think that she would know if the guy is a bastard or a deadbeat. No, I think you're giving uh, – people change somewhat, but usually not for the better. I mean, I've, uh, I had a gal who's a very close friend who I worked with who, when she married her husband, he was a bartender and she was a secretary, an assistant. Uh -huh. She moved up the ladder. He stayed a bartender. He got fired from his job because he was drinking on it and just stayed home and played video games and uh -huh. didn't really look for work. She, she tried to make it work for about another six, seven years, finally got divorced. He got half of her income for the next eight years, however long they, you know, it, it was the California law, which normally, like you say, kind of favors the woman. They didn't have kids, but so she had to, had to give up half her salary and support him in the manner in which he'd been accustomed. And he was kind of a deadbeat. I don't know if he's a jerk or not. He certainly wasn't motivated. And he let her, you know, bring home the bacon. So, again, that's probably more of an outlier than normal. Because most of the, the, the women, again, the, on the dating sites were uh, single moms. And which is, uh, it's tough. It's tough to date single moms. Look, if the kids I, I dated a single mom for 10 years and I helped raise her kid. Right, um, but that was it, tough it, because it was when the, it was tough. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it, but right. it was tough. 
and uh, you know it, it's uh, it's difficult to be able to uh, need attention and know that you're not going to get as much attention as you need. Which because, I understand, which is why it is around. I've only dated one for any length of time, single mother, mm-hmm. and her kids were almost adults, a 16 and a 21 year old. Yeah. And, and, you know, we got along, they were fine. They're both boys. And, you know, they were, I, I was like a fun uncle, I guess. I mean, we didn't date for very long. You were a funkle. I was a funkle. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, yes. I was a funkle pop. That's what I should call. I should make my own, my own Funko pop character and call it the funkle pop. Um, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I would not seek out. And I know a lot of the women on the dating sites are like, you know, looking. I'm very family oriented. Looking for someone to, and again, it depends on the kid. If the kids are under like 15, I'm like, okay, that's a no. That's a non-starter for me. That's, that's tough. Yeah. If they're 16 to 20, then okay. Or you know, if they're adults or seniors in high school, then then also, I, I believe the mother should spend most of her time and focus if it's a single parent family. Um, and I have friends who are single fathers. Right. You know, and 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 it's just as difficult for them to date although it's sort of like being the single dad at a dog park like women are like oh you know I, right. they're but they usually and, and i think probably they end up dating people who have kids too it's the brady bunch kind of scenario where right. all right you get it you have kids so if we can you know meet up once a week and get a sitter or maybe our kids can hang out together with one sitter instead of two you know but uh, you and i have, have, have never had that experience um because you, I guess you did. Now, did you live with the gal who, when you guys were living together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So you, you have lived the family man life. I, I never. Have. I didn't seek it out. My brothers, all my, all my siblings, have kids uh, and wanted to have kids, mm-hmm. and I was the outlier, probably because I knew about the business and just, I mean, you know, I'm a weird, I'm a weird guy. I'm not, not that weird, weird actually. You're, when you're you, not as weird as you you as you. No, no, I know that was a, a friend's joke. He said you're just very you're very you know bougie. You're very basic. You just act weird to make it seem right. more interesting. That's correct. Um, but yeah, when I when I hear about the stories, particularly from women, the guys they dated, are like, oh my god, I'm so normal and sane and actually respectful as opposed to and and boring. I'm boring as hell. Because unfortunately, some women need. The drama. The, the drama. Absolutely. They're well, drawn to it and they, they will create it if there is none. That's what I've found. You yeah. can be, and, uh, I've had a couple women tell me, this is women I dated, mm-hmm. that, you know, all you want to do is have fun and have sex. And I'm like, okay, we're dating. What, what did you want? And, and it was, I just didn't get enmeshed in the drama. Yeah. And they, I think, um, and again, this is a good you know, subject for therapy. <laughs> My, uh, even in college, I was, I had the nickname of being Teflon because even my, my guy friends would have the drama with their girlfriends or right. both guys wanted to date the same girl. And there was all this drama around it. And I just didn't, it didn't stick right. partially because I didn't care. It wasn't my drama. Like, why would I get involved in anyone else's drama? But to that point, I, I do find that a lot of women and maybe men, I don't date men. Uh, sorry guys. <laughs> is that they, they, they will get involved in your drama. Cause they, like you said, they need that emotional. Uh, they don't, it, it do, they don't feel like you're actually interested unless right. there's, 
there's turmoil. The churn, yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. And like, well, don't, I mean, for me, that's, I mean, I've, I've curated my life to have a happy, pretty much relaxing life. I have a nice house that I've furnished with my things. I dated a gal for years and, and uh, she said, well, you obviously, we obviously can't get married. I'm like, why? And she said, well, because your house is full of, oh, we talked about living together. She goes, well, I can't live with you. I'm like, why? Well, your house is full of your stuff. And I've lived in the house for 20 years at that point. I'm like, yeah. Why right. wouldn't it be? Why would that's what I said? Why would I leave half yeah. my house empty going, someday I'm gonna meet someone who'll bring her? And then you said, Well, you know what? All your baggage is filled with your stuff too. So <laughs> Well, I wasn't a dick about it, but I just, you know, I immediately went to the, you know, my, my Spock brain. Well, well, of course my house is full of my stuff. I would move things or put things in storage to to make, you know, room for you. She's like, Well, but it's all decorated in your taste. I'm like, again, it's like so her thing was, well, we could move in together if you sold your house and we bought a new house together. I'm like, are you paying for half the house? Yeah. Well, no, I don't make that oh, kind no. of money. No, you'd be paying for it. Yeah, it would be it would be our house that you're paying for. Yeah. So this is not married. This is just living together. And basically she's saying we can't live together. And I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. You know, no skin off my nose. I get to keep my house. No, and you this can is, come and this is what's but... called in the vernacular a shit test. <laughs> So it's interesting. It's, you know, and again, I'm sure our, our, these experiences are not, you know, germane to the, or they're special to the film business. They're not unique to, yeah, unique, unique to the yeah, film yeah. industry or you personally. Or me personally, but it is, it is interesting now. And there's a bunch of videos about women complaining about men today. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that women haven't complained about men. Well, since it's the, the, the big complaint is, well, why don't men come up to us in public and, and uh, ask us out anymore? Yeah, exactly. Because you said you didn't like that. Yeah, because you said we, there were creepers around, right. and you didn't like to engage with people. Well, Saturday Night Live did a great sketch with I forgot which athlete. He was a good-looking guy, and it was about sexual harassment in the workplace. And rule number one was don't be bad-looking. No, it was be yeah, good-looking. Right. So yeah. it was like Fred Armisen being the creepy guy, like, hey, hey, Mary, I like your dress, and she'd be like, oh, you know. Yeah. And, and then it was you know Channing Tatum or you know that kind of guy, and he's like. Hey Mary, your ass looks great in that dress. Oh, thanks. So rule number one: <laughs> yeah, be, be good looking, and that's yeah. true. But that's you're absolutely right. Good. Even guys who are you know average looking, which I consider myself, I don't. I mean, again, if you're at a bar or if you're at a, a party and you strike up a conversation, that's about the only safe space right. uh, that I feel like you can even ask anyone out, or obviously a dating site. Which is yeah. why people like you, you do online dating. I'm like, I don't have a choice. I don't go to bars to meet people I want to, you know, have a relationship with. I do go to bars to socialize with friends. And if I met somebody, great. The last, the last two, three relationships I've had were at a party uh, online or at a, uh, well, at a work event where I was just a consultant. So I wasn't on the, an employee. You were a consultant to the party? I was a consultant to the work event that was sort oh, of, a, it was a, it wasn't a mixer at all. It was a come in and talk about the industry. So kind of like this podcast. Exactly. So I'm basically doing this to meet the hot chicks that listen. to. <laughs> well, you know, you know what a, what a draw a podcast is. Absolutely. We really have reached, was it Marshall McLuhan or was it, uh, who was the guy who said everyone's going to be famous for 50? Was that Andy Warhol? That was Andy Warhol. Yeah, it was Andy Warhol. for 15 was, minutes. Was there, was there 15 minutes. I have another friend who just uh, started a podcast. She's like, will you be on my podcast? And I wrote her back, sure, will you be on mine? She's like, yeah. She's a really interesting person, so it would be great to have her on. Uh, I will does let she have her... a beard? She does not. She's beautiful, oh. actually. 
she was a model uh, and went into comics and D and D. She's really interesting. Satine Phoenix. Do you know Satine? I know she's the in the D and D world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, she said she'd be happy to. Um, and uh, I've known her for a long. She's gonna. I will let her tell her story because I don't know what she wants to reveal or not. I mean, it's none of it's secret if you Google her name. Well, but she goes, um, she goes on the list. She goes on the list of uh, potential Actually, future I've, guests. Literally, I'm not joking when I say we could do 52 shows with guests and not even have to like break a sweat. There's so many people that in in the arts that I know from D and D and comics. I know yeah. some very well-known, super successful comic book artists, which is saying something. Yeah. Uh, obviously, people we know, sound people. Uh, Mark Mangini, who's a yeah. dear friend, who was won an Oscar for Fury Road, and know him all the way back to, from, to Gremlins. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of... Uh... Do you know Steve Lee? Of course. We, yeah. We, we, we were at his house together. Yeah. Oh, right, of course. Of course you know Steve Lee. <laughs> Well, he'd be great. I mean, we could talk about the Wilhelm scream for half an hour. I just watched. Yeah. Uh, what did I watch? It was a oh, it's a it was a Polish comedy series, which is great. It's called 1670, and it's a life in a Polish medieval town. It's and it's from Poland, uh -huh. and I was watching, going, "This is not a set. This is a, and it's basically their version of Colonial Williamsburg, but it's medieval Poland. Wow! And the set's amazing. It's a little farming village." And they just, it's, it's dubbed into English and it's pretty funny. It's, it's along the lines of, um, Norsemen, if you ever saw that, mm -hmm. which I loved. It's that saw kind it. of, I lived it. Hey, hey, oh, I tell you, it's not easy being a Viking. You know what I'm saying? Get no respect. We're just here to rape and pillage. Um, what did someone step on a duck? Hey. Nice helmet. It looks good on you. Got that with a free ball of soup. All right. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, used on you, the, though. they used the Wilhelm scream in a shot. I'm like, oh my god! And I was fun. curious. Was that done? Is that is it? Is it now actually an international sound effect? Yeah. They bought the sound effects. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, is it yeah, used it, in kung totally fu? Is. I've never seen a kung fu movie that used a Wilhelm scream. No. No, not until uh, you know the little mid '90s when it became known that that's what's going on right because that that was just uh 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 you know ben burt and uh yeah well and mark mangini was one of the sound sound effects nerds that would go rob the library not rob the libraries but pour right. through the libraries you go this thing is gold right you know? and this is from this certain thing and this can be a lot of it with warner back. brothers warner brothers totally. has a huge sound effects library warner brothers and disney with treg brown yep. and, and then the guys that uh at Warner's and they would and they kept it you know they had it on the original like half inch one inch tape or whatever um and so I remember in the 80s when I met Mark and he was doing uh, Gremlins he was getting digitizing all this Warner mm -hmm. Brothers stuff you know using Gremlins but then also keep it alive so it didn't degrade so Wilhelm right. Scream is one of those things that uh there's some and, or man being eaten by a crocodile man being eaten by a crocodile as it's called. Which uh, I love the actor's motivation. What 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 are we doing here? Sound like you're being eaten by a crocodile, as opposed to a lion. You know, have fun with it. Uh, roll around a bit. <laughs> roll around. He's doing the death the death spire. Oh my god! I just watched a video clip of a guy at an alligator park or croc park, and he was feeding him, you know, the entire chicken carcasses. And there were two crocs or gators, and I can't remember which, going for it, and one turned to kind of. 
And the, the other gator grabbed his arm, the left arm of the other gator, or croc, and did the uh -huh. desperate and pulled his arm off and oh. was eating that. Where the, and the other guy was just kind of stunned. It wasn't like spurting blood or anything. It was just like the upper shoulder, I guess. A gator snack. And you hear the people watch, because it was for like, like a, you know, the live show. We're going to feed them. And you hear people go, oh, 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 God. And the, oh, the look, there's a big one. Jesus. <laughs> like, holy cow. What don't go swimming with, uh, don't go sitting with, um, what are they called in the, uh, on the, the animal kingdom? They are crocodilians, I guess. Even gators are crocodilians. Is that right? Are they? There's, yeah. It's, it's like know. Latin is crocodilia. Sure. Crocodilia. If you love them, you have crocodiliophilia. Oh my. Oh my, that's science. He had a lovely crocodile's body. <laughs> <laughs> ah, George, George, George. One of the funny things about George Takei was his laugh. He laughs like a seal. It's a yeah. bark. Ah, ah, ah. It's a very hale and hearty laugh, but it's loud. So I remember we were shooting on the stages at Trek and I made some joke while we're shooting and George, you know, we're all kind of sitting there quiet and we were just kind of talking like this. And George went, ah, ah, ah. And you hear Offset, Leonard goes, George! <laughs> George! I, I, I found it funny. <laughs> he made a whimsical comment. Oh, uh, it was much friendlier to me when I was young. Oh, right. Oh. No, he was. It has nothing to do with that. He's uh, obviously. You were an attractive man back then. Uh, I was, yeah, I had short hair and I was young and beamish. But George was. No, no one was ever inappropriate. I would joke around the most with Walter, who was like uh -huh. Sticky Stickerman. He loved a good. Yeah. Uh, comedy bit so we would just goof around d kelly was like your favorite kind of southern uncle he just kind of he's very dry sense of humor nichelle was a sweetheart um well that's and then bill was kind of kept himself he would you know talk to you if you had to but yeah didn't really engage much uh and leonard was like you know my favorite uncle and uh that was the, the bulk of the the gang right the seven dwarves yeah well, that, yeah, that's what they don't say. That, oh, that's Jimmy Doohan. Right. He was fine. He was, he was sort of somewhere in the realm of like... He was in his own space. Yeah, he was fine. He was lovely, but but didn't engage. Uh, like Dean, Do not engage. Do not engage. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, they were all lovely. That's one of my favorite pictures of me in front of the, 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 the dubbed Bird of Prey uh, door where it says HMS Bounty. And I, it's me with the entire crew minus Kirk and Spock. And uh, I'm, I'm holding, I think it's like D's holding my arm and I'm leaning into Michelle. And uh, we're all just smiling. And I was like, oh, what a great moment that the, the yeah. guy caught. You're lucky. I was very lucky. You it's, got it's, to be there when it was happening. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I was too stupid to actually go get them all to sign it. Mm. You know, I had that picture. So, I mean, the, the production set photographer gave me a copy, and I should have had them sign. I just never think about that stuff. I mean, because it, it's too, you're too close to it. You don't realize the opportunity. Yeah, it doesn't seem like archival. It's more like, oh, what a great, oh, I'm so glad I have that moment. It's like you don't yeah. have your friends go sign all your pictures from parties with them, but. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just mad because I could sell it for a billion dollars. Possibly, but you know, I should just I, fake their signatures. Well, now I've given it away. See, if I just shut up, 
I could have said, I found it. I found three. I threw out free copies of it, and and I'm the only one who hasn't signed it. I got them to sign it, and I'll yeah. be selling them. They're $5,000 each. Right. Okay, three for you. Well, you, you get a discount. You get it for 4800 Yeah, Ooh. knock 200 bucks off. Nice. Now, um, I told you that I got uh, Walter to uh, sign my uh, uh, Chekhov's Enterprise book that he wrote for the making of uh, motion picture. He signed it back in 1981. Wow. And recently I had him sign it again. Saying I'm uh, still alive. You know, nearly 40 years later. Is Over he, 40 years later. He and Shatter are the only surviving crew members now. No, George Takei. Oh, of course, and George. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, George. Sorry, George. Yeah, it was a See, now you're laughing like Nimoy. Yeah, I was, but I was, uh, but George, ah! yeah, Leonard would be like, yeah, Leonard did have a big baritone laugh. Ah, Kirko. He called me Kirko. I called him chief. Nice. How are you? <laughs> ready for yeah. a good day. Ready for a good day. Ah, 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 ah. The giants. Ah, ah, the giants. Yeah, Leonard. It's... <laughs> It's weird how many mentors I've had who have passed away. We talked about that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the albatross. Um, yeah, I miss those guys. All of them. Jerry Jewell, Leonard Nimoy, Jim Henson. Yeah. They were, uh, again, like favorite uncles. Anyway, now we're getting dark. No, Although, it's, all, it's all good. It's, memories are sometimes dark, but at least they're yours. Well, the memories are good. It's the sadness of missing them. Yeah, of course. Um, do you find, speaking of death... Uh, I yeah. find that there seems to be a lot more death going on between November and January than any other time of the year. Hmm. And I don't know. I know like pneumonia rates are up and if, and, and I don't mean just people over the age of 70. Right. Uh, it just seems like every freaking day, somebody I know or somebody who is known has passed away. Not usually. But I by think that happens. That happens when you get to be a certain age. Well, yeah, the laundry list is much, is much longer. The, the 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 amount of people you know who aren't around, of course, that's just because you know you haven't, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, uh, but but it just seems this time of year again between the, this or this time of year, maybe not listening to this point, but some the fall to midwinter seems like a really high body count from mm. as opposed to the rest of the year. I don't know, maybe it's just yeah, I haven't I haven't noticed that myself because I. Okay. I, I seem to think that uh, we lose people all year round well yeah um, but it seems i don't know that's my stupid yeah. theory i'm not gonna maybe try. maybe you're just uh, maybe you're just home and uh, listening to the news or whatever more often in january and february hmm. no but I'm it doesn't trying to help me. explain explain as if you were a child as if you were a fifth grader all right so we talked about dating <laughs> love, love amongst the. Uh, see, I know love it's bad. A, love is a battlefield. <laughs> Ooh, that's catchy. <laughs> um, but finding people who understand the vigors and the rigors of the business is another trick. You might find the right person, and like, well, why aren't you home? I mean, yeah. Especially if you want to have kids. I, again, that's not an issue that has ever been for me. But finding people is like, why can't you make plans with my family vacation in the summer? Because I don't know if not. I'll be employed. Exactly. Like if, and that's always been the thing, even with my family, 
I say, well, I'm either going to be working and can't go, or I'm broke because I haven't been working. Yeah. It's that rare time, and and for me, and probably for most people in our business, where you've finished a job, so you're kind of flush, right. and you know you're going to have, because the other thing is, I finished, oh, you just finished the movie, you want it for six to eight months. Yeah. You've got money in the bank. Yeah, but I don't have my yeah. next job. So it's I that time. I don't have my next like, job, so... If I if I find myself goofing around for four weeks, then suddenly I need money again. Yeah, yeah. No and and you don't have the time to you know rest on your laurels and hope something will come up. You need to find another gig. Yeah, that's the biggest. I think the biggest stress in my entire career was not the work; it was finding the work. Not Absolutely. How and then balancing. You know, again, I think we talked about I used credit cards, but. How do you stay afloat, especially if you own a home or you have a wife and kids, whatever, whatever your fiscal responsibilities are? How do you maintain some level of not just panic? Uh, I just got used to it. What's weird for me now is these, these you know, 12, 14 month jobs mm-hmm. on this animated series where it's like, oh my God, it's so gr- I'm going to do this for, for the, you know, oh, until yeah. I'm a year old. When's this going to be over? Yeah. <laughs> You know, because, I mean, it's not as egregious as, like, 12, 14 hours on set, but uh, it's, that's the weird thing for me. I'm so used to that gig thing. It's like, okay, you know, six, eight, nine months of intense work, and then three months of do whatever the hell you want, and part yeah. of that is just not doing something because the work is very in, in, all-engrossing, which is why I love it. It, it does, <laughs> I think we, did we touch on this, like, how if you have ADHD, which I definitely am now self-diagnosing. Yes. Uh, how great it is for our business, especially as a director, right? Because you have twenty-five different things you can focus on or that need your attention, right? And you're never and and everything is an emergency. The whole yeah. thing about ADHD is like the reason my house is a mess is because no one's coming over. <laughs> I'm not dating anybody. I yeah. you know I can have dishes in the sink. I don't like you know rotting food, but. My clothes can be on the floor, and, and these are the dirty ones, and these are the clean ones. I don't care because it's not an emergency. When you're shooting a show or a, a movie, everything is an emergency because it's got to be done. I mean, unless you're, you know, even Jim Jim Cameron, the amount of money he spends on his stuff, I'm sure he's not casual about it. Like, you know, it's his well, money. As as people who have podcasts and ADHD often experience, we've now ended a an episode twice with the same topic really yeah because that's how we we ended uh, episode four talking about adhd well i can't remember that far back well well it's a thing we didn't get into did we get into it deeply a little bit a little little bit bit. i mean about as yeah well i don't i think it's you know that double-edged sword it's a good thing and a bad thing but anyway you're saying it's our time is up are all things and our time is up that's yet again sad it is sad, well, but it's also it's also good news because that means we can make way for next week's episode. Dun 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 dun. dun. Tune in next time when you hear Darren Doctorman say, "What was that, Kirk?" No, no, we need a better one. Okay. <laughs> All right, think okay. about it. I'll give you a couple seconds. Okay. See, you guys, this and... is how the sausage is made. Tune in next week to Weirded Beardos. Oops, Bearded Weirdos. No, we. I, Okay, my turn. <clears throat> Tune in next week to Beer- Weirded Beardos when you hear Darren Doctorman say, Kirk, you can't say that in a podcast. But I just did. Do-do-do.
Good night, folks. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you. Remember, to, I'm going to be that jerk because I hate it when they do this on YouTube. Yeah. Remember to like and subscribe. Yeah. And, because uh, then comment. we'll get paid to do this. And then we comment can quit our and, and write us at theweirdedbeardos at gmail.com. So Please send us things you, you want to hear us talk about, things you hate that Darren says, because obviously. Because right. obviously and, uh, Kirk is the guy that everyone loves. Everyone loves. It's the hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give us some feedback. Oh, here, like this. Feedbacks. Next nice week, we'll do impressions. <laughs> All right. You're on. See you next time.